Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, June 10th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. When I first began this podcast and named it what I did, I probably named it Think for Yourself for two reasons. One is, I like to believe that I always do think for myself. And the other reason is, is that I thought, given all of the ability through technology to not only misrepresent news, but fake news, I thought it was important to continue to spread the message of how important it is to, in fact, think for yourself. And there are some things that have been happening in the last few days that I find particularly good examples of why I say this. Perhaps the most well-known event was the beginning of the January 6th hearings as presented on national television last night. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it because I do think for myself and because I have been following this from the very beginning. After all, I'm an attorney. This has interest for me. It holds interest for me. The hearings hold interest. The facts hold interest. The process holds interest for me. And the integrity of the process holds interest. What I do know, and I've spoken about in prior podcasts, is the bias, the built-in bias of the January 6th committee. And I'm not going to belabor that now, except to say that from everything I've learned from what was presented last night, because admittedly, as I said, I did not watch it, is that a material fact has been left out of this narrative, probably many material facts because of the bias of the committee and the political agenda behind it. But one in particular that really would reshape the way this plays in people's minds as they analyze it. And it's so important. I do want to go over it a bit. It's a story that I think first broke on John Solomon's site, Just the News. In essence, Here's what the facts are, and the facts are based not on political bias. The facts are based on the District of Columbia Capitol Police Department. They did an internal study of what went down on January 6th, and what they've concluded, based on all the evidence they gathered, and remember, that's a Democratic city with a Democratic mayor that votes 96% Democrat in every election, Yet what the Capitol Police report discloses is the following. The Pentagon, which was under the direction of Donald Trump at the time that he was president, it was his Pentagon, the Pentagon first raised the possibility of sending the National Guard troops to the Capitol four days before the January 6th riots. And those recommendations were rejected by both the Capitol Police and the Democrats. On an official timeline that is laid out by the Capitol Police, an official from the Defense Department reached out to the Deputy Chief 
of the Capitol Police, Sean Gallagher, on January 2nd to see if the request that the Pentagon had made for troops was forthcoming. But that offer was rejected after the deputy consulted with the then chief of the Capitol Police, Steve Sund. The following morning, and this is part of that timeline from the D.C. police and their investigation, the following morning, Deputy Chief Gallagher replied by text to the Department of Defense that a National Guard support, the request for the National Guard support, would not be forthcoming. So he spoke to Sund, the chief of police, and Sund made the decision that they were going to not request the recommendation and the offer that the Pentagon was making to supply National Guard troops in D.C. That timeline is available to be seen on John Solomon's website. That rejection of an offer for National Guard troops was simultaneous with the Capitol Police having begun to change their assessment of the risk of something happening on January 6th. So even though the Capitol Police themselves were beginning to get concerned over what might happen on January 6th, they were rejecting National Guard troops offered by the Pentagon. I say change their approach because prior to that date, prior to January 4th, I think it was, or maybe the 3rd, the Capitol Police had done an assessment and decided that there was no risk, but that was changing the closer it got to January 6th because there was some information that was coming their way regarding possible disruptions or acts of civil disobedience that might happen on the 6th. Actually, that warning began to happen in late December. So we're at the end of 2020. We're just prior to January 6th. And the D.C. police are getting indications that there could be a problem on January 6th. So back to January 3rd, when Gallagher rejected the Pentagon's initial offer, the Capitol Police finally issued a pretty concerning assessment of what was coming. And they sent that assessment to their commanders and their executives. And here's the important part. To the two political appointees in Congress who are responsible for security, the House and the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms, those two people answer to Nancy Pelosi in the House and the Senate Sergeant-of-Arms answers to Chuck Schumer in the Senate. Within 24 hours of that assessment going out, Sund changed his mind and he began asking permission from the powers surrounding Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to deploy the National Guard in a preventative measure. And he asked on January 4th, 2021, this is probably the most important thing I'm saying thus far, which is within 24 hours of the Capitol Chief of Police having decided that no, he didn't want the offer of National Guard troops, he changed his mind based on the assessment information that was coming in. And he reached out to the powers that be around Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer asking for the National Guard. So on January 4th, he asks the Sergeant at Arms, Michael Stenger, that's in the House, and Paul Irving, I believe, in the Senate. 
He asks them for authority to have the National Guard to assist with security on January 6th, based on a briefing that he got from the FBI. The request was denied. The request was denied on January 4th. So while that request was being delayed and being denied, the Pentagon was nonetheless forging ahead on January 4th to get Trump to formally sign an authorization to deploy those National Guard troops in advance of January 6th, actually as many as 20,000 of them, if Congress asked for them. The Pentagon said they went to the Capitol Police and the Secret Service and law enforcement agencies, and the D.C. Mayor Bowser days before January 6th and asked them, do you want thousands of National Guard's men and women on January 6th? And they were told no by every one of those individuals or entities. Why did the White House do that? Why did the Pentagon do that? The answer is the law requires them to request it before they can deploy it. Before the federal government can deploy National Guard troops, it has to be requested by the Congress or by the D.C. police. What that Capitol Police timeline shows is what, in fact, the Republican administration at that time and those involved have been saying ever since, that the Department of Defense offered support by way of the National Guard and was refused by the House and the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms who report to Nancy Pelosi. Now, last night, there was that special, the beginning of the hearings, and they didn't tell you any of what I just told you. I just tried to synopsize it. It took me almost 11 minutes. But they had hours, and they will continue to have hours, at millions and millions and millions of U.S. taxpaying dollars to tell this, quote, narrative, and I call it a narrative because it is, in fact, a story. It is not the truth. It is not fact. They have done this and deliberately left out what I just told you. Why? The answer is so simple that thinking for yourself becomes an elementary exercise, Because think about this, Nancy Pelosi is in charge of the January 6th committee. Nancy Pelosi is the person who dropped the ball, who either deliberately or negligently refused National Guard support in advance of January 6th, based on intel that was coming in that indicated there could be a problem. Nancy Pelosi does not have to testify before the January 6th committee. So there is no exploration of what her role was. And her role, as we now know by the timeline from the D.C. police, that her role was major, it was critical, it was determinative, and it was completely abdicated. She is responsible for the lack of preparation and the lack of ability to control what happened in Washington on January 6th. Not Donald Trump. You can blame him for something if you want. I would say blame him for the hour and 40 minutes that he didn't go on national television or didn't come out onto the White House balcony and say this needs to stop. You can blame him for that. But you can't blame him 
for the inability to control it or the fact that it got out of hand when the people who had that power to restrain it, to keep it tamped down, to stop it from becoming what it did, from keeping the Capitol Police from being overrun and unable to respond to the crowd, that belongs with Nancy Pelosi. That doesn't, and Chuck Schumer, that does not belong on Donald Trump or anybody else. And yet, this administration has not let go. They're like a, a dog with a toy in its mouth. They have, they won't let go of it. They won't let go of it because they're still pursuing prosecutions, even though these prosecutions are for misdemeanors. For example, yesterday in Michigan, the FBI raided the home of someone named Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly is running for governor in the state of Michigan. Ryan Kelly was present in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. He has been charged with, I think, four misdemeanors misdemeanors, okay? And yet the FBI showed up at his home and in front of his six children, handcuffed him and took him out of his home, covered his street with FBI vehicles in front of his wife, in front of his children, and took him away to arraign him before a judge for misdemeanors. You cannot tell me that there isn't an agenda here because there are people who were involved in violent acts, property destruction, murder of both civilians and police officers in Seattle and Portland who were never even arrested. And so when I say it doesn't take much to think for yourself here, that's true. It's true because the omissions are glaring and I'm not Catholic or Christian, but I know that in both of those approaches to religion, you can lie by omission and it can be as much of a sin as lying by commission. They are deliberately not informing the American public of all of the facts or they wouldn't still be holding on to 14 hours of video of what happened that day and refusing to release it. It doesn't support the narrative, the fictional story they are trying to sell. And they're only trying to sell it because of where the economy is, where the border is, where gasoline is. They're trying to distract you from what's actually happening to all of us every single day in our lives. You know, when people say they care about you, but their actions don't match their words, again, you have to start thinking for yourself and make some decisions. When Joe Biden goes on Jimmy Kimmel or anywhere else where he makes a public statement, and he says the economy's doing well. And yes, there's a little discomfort as we transition to new, new energy sources. But all in all, everything is fine. The people are doing better than they've done in the last, I don't know how many months. That isn't just a lack of understanding. It's a lie. It's a lie. And it's being said because they still believe that if they say it often enough and with enough gusto, you'll believe it. But you go to the gas pump, you go to the supermarket, and I don't care whether it is in your personal life or whether it's in the life of the nation. People who say they care about you, but whose actions don't match their words, don't really care. They're selling something or they're taking care of themselves, but they're not helping you all the while trying to get you to believe that they're really caring about your well-being. This administration does not care 
about the American people. They can't possibly make this many bad decisions and cause this much havoc and suffering and stress on the nation in two years by accident. It's too much. It's too many things. You know, I live in Waco, Texas. I've lived in Texas for the last seven years, going on eight. But I've lived in Waco for the last two years. And I can tell you with absolute certainty in the last two years that I have watched the population of Waco visibly change. When I say visibly change, I'm not making a racist statement. I'm stating fact. Over the last two years, the Hispanic population in this city has changed. It has grown significantly and noticeably. And I can only attribute that to an open border. I can only attribute that to an increase in the illegal population in this city because it couldn't happen any other way that fast and that noticeable. We are being literally invaded by the southern border. We are being choked financially on energy. We are being herded like sheep in the healthcare system to the extent that there is decent health care left in this country. It's not easy to get. And I would argue that the people who scream most about the 1% are the 1%. Joe Biden is a multi-millionaire, and he's never held a job that wasn't in public office in his adult life. He made $17.6 million in the four years that he was out of office between the Barack Obama and the Donald Trump era. He made $17.6 million. You and I are going to the gas pump and trying to stay afloat, no pun intended, as gas creeps from 3 to 4 to 5 to $6 a gallon. Think for yourself. The answer isn't necessarily a change in leadership or a red wave in November, although it will help, no doubt about it. But the corruption and the disregard for the American people permeates both parties. And just like the people who may be in your life who say they care about you but don't, wasting any time trying to get them to help you or be there for you or even care about your plight is in fact that, a waste of time. The thing each one of us has to do is take control of our own lives, make some tough decisions, and get off this rat race, get off this wheel of running in circles thinking that the next election will make the difference. What will make the difference is all of us realizing our own power and then using that power to do something about the quality of our own lives. It's not easy. I never say it is, but it's the only healthy and positive way forward. And it's certainly the only way out of the mess that corrupt politicians have brought us to at this moment in time. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Monday. And until I am, please continue to think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. 
please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.